you are a guest, we want to welcome you to the friendliest church in town. And if you are a part of this church, we want to invite you down front right now to worship with us this morning. What a lovely spirit of fellowship there is in the room. If I could have your attention, I want to turn your attention to the screen to John 11. And... uh, Verse number 32, Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, has died, and Jesus comes into the town where he's dead in John 11, verse number 32, and the Bible says that when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible says, Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Is not this Jesus who has resurrection power? And Jesus said, take ye away the stone Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, loose him and let him go. Can I tell you that this theme for this Easter Sunday was not picked just for fun, but I believe that there's someone here in this place that you've been bound, and it may have been for four days, it's been for an extended season, but the word of the Lord is going forth today, and it's saying, come forth, and the Holy Ghost is saying, loose him hand and foot in this place today. I wonder if we could lift our hands all across this place. There's resurrection power in this place this morning. There's things that have died that God's about to speak life to. There's things in your life that have been put in a grave that the word of the Lord, the spirit is beckoning to them and he's saying, come forth.
in glory, in glory, with all power, all power and, authority. and authority. And he conquered, he conquered my, enemies, my enemies, and he put them, he put them under my feet. That he rose, he rose in, glory, in glory, with all power, power and authority. And authority. And he conquered, conquered my enemies. My Yeah. 
Anybody thankful for his amazing love today? Anybody thankful for his amazing grace today? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you for your amazing love today. Thank you for your amazing grace today. for it, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of things that happen in our world to commemorate events of the past. There are all over the world you can go places where there are memorials to remember things that have happened in our past. We live in an area that within a relatively short distance of us are lots of different memorials for things that have happened in the history of this nation and a lot of times you go those places and because of what they represent it's it's usually a quiet sort of somber experience this is your first time ever in an apostolic service probably has been a little bit different so far than what you're used to we're not here today to commemorate some somber morbid experience fact, we're not really here today to commemorate. We've come today to celebrate. We've come today to celebrate because it's because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have hope. He gave me a reason to dance. He gave me a reason to celebrate. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. I want to first of all take a moment and welcome all of you today, and especially those of you that are guests with us today, whether it's your first time with us or you've only been a couple of times, we welcome you on Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. This is not just a good excuse for a holiday weekend to have some family traditions or time together with family and friends. It is a celebration that God Himself, God Himself became a man and provided salvation for I. I don't care how good you are today. I don't care how good of a person you think you are today. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. The good news is His love has provided a way that even though I'm lost, I can be found. Even though I've got an eternity that should have judgment, I can have an eternity of eternal life. Praise God, praise God, amen. So we welcome you and those of you that may be joining us online somewhere this morning, we welcome you as a part of this service and I am so glad to know God is not restricted to some kind of religious facility, doesn't have to be a special location, it's not a special building, in fact the Bible says Wherever two or three are gathered together in His name, He will be in the midst of them. Amen. Amen. So welcome. I want to mention a couple of things to you. Uh, First off, if you would like, we have uh, downstairs in the foyer, immediately after service, we have an area set up down there. If you'd like to get a, a photo with your family or some friends, We will have a skilled photographer down there taking photos, and then we will be providing them, I think, digitally somehow uh, in the future. So uh, if if you're a guest and you don't know where that is, you just go back out the stairs uh, to my left, and when you get down the bottom of the stairs, make a U-turn and head into the foyer. So uh, we encourage you, this no charge. Uh, you won't go sign up later and us tell you it's going to cost you $25 and for the first packet and 150 for the second packet with two photos. Um, they'll be yours, so you got nothing to lose. So I'd encourage you um, to do that, and um, we just wanted to provide that opportunity for you today. And then also at the conclusion of service, we've got some items that will be for sale in the back, uh, various merchandise uh, with different stuff on them, including there will be some uh, shirts for sale that are connected to the theme of today, and so um, I believe some of you might want to commemorate today, because I believe there's some people that are going to leave here today with your grave clothes off. And if you're sitting here and you're saying, I don't have any grave clothes, and I never needed to be delivered of grave clothes. Let me just tell you, you are a prime candidate. Because we all have had some grave clothes on that we have needed to be delivered from. Amen. So, again, that's in the back. There's also, uh, uh, again, other items back there if you'd like to to get something. Um, Remind you, those of you especially that are part of Antioch. We have no service this evening, uh, just taking some extra time for um, family and friends and fellowship and uh, whatever else you may want to do this evening. Um, And also remind you, next Sunday morning, 
Uh, we have a special guest with us this coming week, Brother Ted Grossbach, uh, former missionary to Africa for 30 years. He's going to be ministering this weekend, and so if you're um, interested, we'd welcome you, guests, we'd welcome you to come back and, and uh, visit and uh, hear uh, Brother Grossbach. He is a great man of God, and always we are always blessed by his ministry. Amen. Praise God. Our ushers are going to come, and um, a part of what we do is we worship with our giving. If you're a guest today, uh, there is no pressure, obligation for you to give in this offering. Um, if you want to, you're welcome to, but that's not expected. That's not why we have you here today. But for those of you that would like to worship this morning in your giving, we are going to take some time to do that. So why don't you stand, and we're going to do this. If you would like to, um, to give something in the offering, then you can, you can bring that. Uh, but also, I know we've already done this at the beginning of service, but why don't you just take a moment or two and look around you and greet someone. If there's somebody that's fairly close by you, you don't know them, introduce yourself, welcome them this morning. And in just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in some more worship. Walked out of my great clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Walked out of my great clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. She breathed in me, made these dry bones come alive. He conquered death. Yeah. He breathed in me, made.
made these dry bones come alive and he conquered death and because he did it i can do it too walked out of my great clothes and i came out in a new robe i was buried there for too long now i come alive and the one who has conquered it all walked out of my great clothes and i came out in a new robe i was buried there for too long now i come alive and the one who has conquered it all he breathed in me made these dry bones come alive he conquered death and because he did it i can do it too said i walked out of my great out of my great clothes came out in a new world now i come alive the one who has conquered walked out of my great Walked out of 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I want to draw your attention to John chapter 20. There are two places that I find in Scripture where grave clothes are mentioned, both of them are found in the book of John, and uh, I'm going to read them 
out of sequential order. The first one has to do with the one we are celebrating here today, John chapter 20, beginning with verse number 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth Sorry, my iPad is glitching. Peter therefore went forth and the and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher and he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying yet lying yet went he not in then Simon Peter following him then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day, this opportunity to celebrate your resurrection. Lord, we we celebrate it every day because it's your resurrection that impacts our lives. But this day, Lord, we take a little extra time and focus a little bit more to celebrate the fact that you died, you were buried, and you rose again. I thank you for your presence, your spirit that we feel in this place today. I thank you for the privilege of having this opportunity today to know about, to celebrate, and to experience your resurrection power. And I pray, God, that your spirit that is here working today would touch hearts and lives Lord, I pray that someone would leave this place today not having simply come to celebrate a religious holiday, but I pray that someone would leave this place today delivered from the grave clothes that they may be wearing, that they may be bound by. Because God, I know your power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same God today as you've always been, and we trust you and believe you in this place the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As with many things in Scripture, there's usually layers and levels of significance and, and importance to what takes place in a in a, in a event and a story that we read about and no doubt this is one of those places and there are many things, many layers as to the significance of what took place in the verses that I have read to you. But one of the things that I find very interesting is the point that is made that in the word grave clothes is not found in the 
verses that I have read to you, but it references the 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 uh, the linen, the garments that he had had on, which in essence is grave clothes. But then it also lets us know about this this napkin that had covered his face, and and it points out that it was it was neatly folded. One of the, I guess, sort of the greater significance of that and that being pointed out to us is it was some evidence to them that unlike what they first reported, that the body of Jesus actually was not stolen. Because if you're going to steal the body, you wouldn't take time if you're in a hurry to unravel the grave clothes and to take the napkin, the cloth that was on his face and, and to neatly fold it and leave it behind. The bottom line is, if he was still dead, you wouldn't have taken any of that stuff off. They didn't know that at first. They just simply saw an empty tomb, but they go inside. Peter goes inside, and he notices the grave clothes are left, but then he notices that off to the side, the, the Bible says that it was It was folded. I don't know about you, but I've been in some situations where I was trying to get away from something or I was trying to get out of something that that I was just in a hurry to get out. And if that was me that was coming out of that grave Jesus came out of, I'd have thrown the napkin off. And I'd have got out of there as quickly as I could. I'm done with that place. Anybody ever had something in your life you're done with? You've, get, you've gotten out of and you're thankful you've gotten out of. But the Bible makes it clear that Jesus did not just simply throw off the napkin and rush out of there. But apparently he took a few moments to very neatly intentionally fold the napkin and then he placed it. And, and I, think, I think it's if to say, you didn't conquer me. You didn't get the best of me. I got the best of you and and I'm showing you who's in charge because rather than just running away, I'm going to leave here with my emotions under control. I'm not leaving here out of fear. Can I tell somebody today that you've been bound by some things that Jesus Christ can and wants to set you free today? And I'm here to tell you that when He sets you free, He can do it in such a way that you don't have to run away from it. You can walk away knowing it's all been taken care of. That the power of Jesus is such that I am no longer intimidated. I'm no longer threatened by what I used to be, by what I used to do. I'm going to read it here in a few moments if I can get the iPad. For whatever reason, the app I'm using keeps clicking off on me. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. (laughs) Maybe I ought to read them right now while I got it up. (laughs) 
But the Bible, Paul said this, uh, this, this was supposed to be the ending, but here we go. Paul said this in, in Ephesians, um, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor ab- Nor adulter, uh, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. I know those are some King James words, but let me just tell you there's not a person in this place except for maybe a few small children that's not guilty of something on that list. Every single one of us is guilty of something on the list that I just read to you. And then Paul says, if you are one of those, then you cannot, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The world offers a lot of different programs and there's a lot of programs the world offers that have been known to help some people. But the problem is this, any program the world offers you whatever you were you always are at best you are just now a recovering whatever you're a recovering alcoholic you're a recovering drug addict etc etc well if that's the case we are wasting our time here today because according to what paul said you cannot inherit the kingdom But look at what the next verse says. Look at what the next verse says. Look at what the next... There we go. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornic... The next verse down. The next verse down. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. Some of you, you are not broken. You are not addicted. Such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Somebody took some grave clothes off. I'm not just recovering anymore. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. You know, I I, I don't understand it. Some people, you know, well, you Christians, how do you know that's really ultimately real and true? And and, and you're by, you know what, I don't, go ahead and just live depressed then. Go ahead and just live hopeless then. Go ahead and just live your life with no positive expectations of your future. But you know what? Just leave me alone because I'm kind of enjoying this life because ultimately my hope is not in this life only, but my hope is in the fact that I'm going to inherit the kingdom of God. I know, I know, I know. You, you, from an intellectual standpoint, you say that 
I, I don't believe that. Well, just talk to a few people that have experienced that. Because when you get rid of your grave clothes, you don't live in fear of going back. You don't live threatened by becoming again what you were. Because as I'll get to in a minute, it's not just about taking off your grave clothes today. That's only the first step. But there's another step. That when you take off the grave clothes, there's something you can put on. So let me take you to the second place, which my son has already ruined for me this morning. Because he's already read it. John chapter 11. This is the, the other place that I find where grave clothes, and particularly the word, at least in the King James Bible, grave clothes is specifically mentioned. John chapter 11, verse number 39. Let me give you a little bit of context if you don't know the, the story here, but there's a family, Matt, Mary and Martha, sisters, and a brother named Lazarus that Jesus had developed a connection to, a family that he had uh, developed a closeness with, and so Lazarus gets sick and he's about to die, and when he's about to die, they send word to Jesus that Lazarus is about to die, we need you to come, and Jesus does something very interesting. Instead of dropping everything he was doing and going to where Lazarus was, he actually intentionally delayed several days where he was. Don't mistake God's delay in your life for God's denial of solving your problem, of answering your prayer. There's an old song that says, He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. Because He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. And I'm going to tell you today, His timing and my timing don't always match up. In fact, quite honestly, His timing is always after my timing. But I've learned in my 50 years of life, He actually is always on time. And I've also learned that His ways are not my ways. But His ways are much better than my ways. And so Jesus finally comes to where they are and Lazarus is already dead. Jesus says, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. What what she's saying here is, it's, it's too late. This has gone on for too long. We, not only has he died, but we've already buried him. We've already mourned that he is gone. And now he's to the point of stinking. And you're saying, roll away the stone. I wonder, you don't have to raise a hand or do anything outwardly to acknowledge, but I wonder if there's some people in this place today, you've got some stuff in your life that's stinking. You've got some things that have been going on for so long, they now stink. 
and you've got some things that have been going on for so long, you've now decided, you've now made up your mind, there is no hope for anything different than that. You've now resolved that this is what your life has been, this is what your life is, and this is what your life will be. But I'm here to tell you today, He can still roll away the stone. He can still set you free from whatever it is that has got you bound. I don't care how long it's been going on. It's not so dead that He can't do something about it. That He can't do something for you. Lord, He's, he's been dead so long. He's, he's now stinking, Jesus says. Just, just roll away the stone. Going down to verse number 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where he was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Now, I want you to notice the difference between this story and the first story. Jesus came out of the tomb and the grave clothes were left behind. He didn't come out of his tomb with grave clothes. They stayed in the tomb. But this story is a little bit different. The Bible says Lazarus comes forth, but he comes forth and he still got the grave clothes on him. And he was bound about with a napkin. That, that napkin Jesus took off and folded up. Lazarus still has it on. I, 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 I want to be careful here because I can't tell you that the Bible shows us this exactly, but it would stand to reason that Lazarus was wrapped up and bound hand and foot, as it says, and laid in the tomb so there is an interesting Question, how did a man who was laying down, wrapped hand and foot, get up and perhaps come out? Good thing he didn't hit his head on the stone. Seems like somewhere in the word that was spoken, there was enough to get him up. And he started coming out. But unlike Jesus coming out with the grave clothes already off, Jesus says to them, loose him and let him go. Jesus was God, manifest in the flesh. He was God all by Himself. He don't need no help. 
So he was able not only to resurrect, but somehow get the grave clothes off and leave them behind. But Lazarus was a little different story. There was some power that started the process. But then there were others that participated in the process. In 2022, that's the church. There's nothing we can do without His power. There's nothing we can accomplish without His power. But there's also some things we need from each other. That's why there's nobody going to heaven by yourself. And if you think you don't need the church, you are greatly mistaken. Because the church is a body. And the only way for a member of the natural body to be alive is to be connected to the body so that it has the blood that flows from the body. Jesus designed it as such so that not only do we need Him, but He also established it that we would need each other. And so I'm here to tell somebody today that maybe you've come into this place bound with grave clothes of addiction or, 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 or abuse or depression or anxiety or, or hopelessness, but you can be set free from them today. And not only is the power of God in this place to set you free, but the people of God are in this place to help you be fully delivered. We, 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 don't, we don't like it that way, though. We wanna, we, we're Americans. We do everything ourselves. We are independent. We are self-sufficient. No, no. There was only so much that happened with Lazarus and then somebody else. That's why what you'll see sometimes in a... In a Typical service, we haven't done it today, but sometimes what you'll see in a typical service is, is, is people that are a part of the body will, will begin to go and find somebody else that's a part of the body and, and, and they'll put a hand on a, on a shoulder or they'll put a hand on their head and they'll begin to pray because that's the body ministering to the body. And there's some amazing things that happen when the body ministers to the body. Oh, don't, don't, I, I, I'm the first to admit, I'm the first to acknowledge we are imperfect people. I'm not saying the church always does everything just right. I'm not saying we always act and respond the right way. Although, just go read the book of Acts, read through the epistles, and you'll find out that the New Testament church had its flaws as well. Because ultimately, it's all about Him. And He's the perfect one. But He also relies on us. I know God relies on... Yeah, God relies on us. Actually, the process of salvation requires some human involvement. To be baptized, you, 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 you don't baptize yourself. You need somebody else to do it. God anticipated that you and I would work together as a part of the process. 
so that you don't have to do it all by yourself. We, we live in a lonely world, and in the last two years, we've been isolated more than ever. I don't mean to be unkind, but you cannot replace a physical, and I don't mean just church, I mean family and friends and etc. You can't replace physical gatherings with Zoom and Facebook Live and Messenger and Faith. They're not the same. That's not how you and I were created. We need each other. We need to be in the physical presence of each other. And the body also needs to be together. Thank God that we have an option for online and, 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 and live streaming. But it can never take the place of you and I gathering together. Never. Lazarus... Scripture says it very clearly said, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Just a, just a theory, just an opinion. But I think the reason Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Is because if Jesus would have just said, come forth. There'd have been people leaving the dinner table with unfolded napkins. When Grandpa, who's been dead for five years, shows up and knocks on the door. I'm just telling you, I, just my opinion. I didn't say it was Scripture. I said it was, I was honest to tell you it's my opinion. That he said, Lazarus come forth. Because the power in what he spoke was such that if he would have just said, come forth. You see, what you don't understand is sometimes we live off of the blessings of those around us. We live sort of in this overflow of how God is blessing somebody else. But I got to tell you, there's, it's just not the same thing getting somebody else's blessing as it is getting your own blessing. So, we've talked, we've sung, we've celebrated about coming out of our grave clothes. But, but as I said a few minutes ago, it's not just about what you come out of but it's also what you can put on Isaiah 61 in verse 10 says I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So it's not just about today what you can take off and leave behind. But it's about a garment that you can put on. The prophet Isaiah also said that, that for, our, for our, 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 our ashes, he would give us beauty. For our mourning, He would give us joy. For our heaviness, He would give us garments of praise. We, we, we basically outgrow this for the most part as adults. 
not fully all the time, but for the most part. But one of the common things kids like to do when they're young is to play dress-ups. They put on. You can have a three- or four-year-old running around in his diaper or pull-up. Nothing else on but a pair of boots, holsters around his waist, and a cowboy hat on his head. And he is John Wayne. All because of what he puts on. Because we tend to take on the identity of what we put on. We, 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 we tend to have how we walk affected by what we put on. I remember in high school, it's becoming harder and harder to remember in high school, but I remember in high school come basketball season when it was time to put on the jersey and time to put on the new shoes. Boy, there was, you'd even hide in the bedroom with the mirror with nobody else around. There was, there was, there was an effect that it had on how you saw yourself. Some of you, the only way you see yourself is with the things from the past. Oh, Jesus. Some of you, all you now are identified is, is by the grave clothes you have worn for so long. But I'm here to tell you, He doesn't want you just to take off your grave clothes today. But He wants to give you a robe of righteousness that comes from Him. So you've got a new identity. You, 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 you walk differently because it's not about you anymore. It's all about Him. I, I, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm the first to acknowledge from a natural intellectual standpoint, whatever. I, I, I don't know about that preacher. All I know is there's a bunch of us. We may not be able to fully explain it to you why or how it's happened, but all we know is we used to be broken. We used to be bound by our shame. We used to be bound by our guilt. We used to be bound by our addictions. We used to be overcome with marriages that were falling apart and families that were falling apart. But we walked away from that and we put on something new. How, how is it? How is it that you do that? Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. Galatians 3:27 says, "For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ" As many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you have now put on Christ. 
I'm not wearing my grave clothes anymore. I'm wearing Christ. He's taken my guilt and given me His innocence. I, I, I said, He's taken my guilt and given me His innocence. You see, it's, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing if you were to stand before a judge and, and, and you are guilty of a crime and for some unexplainable reason the judge looks at you and says, I am not going to penalize you for what you've done. Just because he chooses to not penalize you for what you've done does not make you innocent of what you've done. But can I tell you today, Jesus does not just offer that you don't receive the penalty. He says, not only will I take away the penalty, but I'm going to take your guilt... And give you my innocence. And the price that you should have to pay for what you've done, I've already paid that price for you. I've said it so many times that if you're a guest today, I was born and raised in this church. My parents started this church in 1970. This is all I've ever known. I, I got baptized when I was about seven years old and, and, uh, Needless to say, at seven, I wasn't the biggest sinner in Annapolis. So my experience, as many others have a similar, but my experience is a little different than what some of you others' experience was. Because I've heard it, I've heard it with my own ears many times now. When someone has gone down in the waters of baptism... And they come up out of the water. And there's two different things I've heard said many times, almost word for word. One of them is, people will say, I feel like a load has been lifted. And I've heard people say that that have never heard someone else say that. So it wasn't they were just mimicking something somebody else has said. My son Timothy was, uh, I got four kids, I can't keep track of my own dates, much less theirs, but five years old when he got baptized, kind of like me. I'll never forget, I had the privilege of baptizing him and brought him up out of that water and instantly he began to cry and pray and it was just an amazing experience and we were walking down the stairs after it was all done and he said, Dad, what's up with that water? He said it was like magic. No, you can't find the word magic about baptism in the Bible. But in that five-year-old mind, that was the best way of describing it. That when he came up out of that water, it was like magic and tears began to flow. Can I tell you today, it's better than magic. It's way better than magic. 
And so the other thing I've heard said so many times, and again, I just, I have to make this point. I know it's kind of gross, but I just gotta make it. There, there's, we, we got a filtration system on the baptistry now, and, but we haven't always had that, and even now, sometimes it stops working. There have been a few times I've gone to get ready to baptize somebody, and instead of praying for God to give them sight, God, please, just for five, ten minutes, just don't let them see. Let them be like that man that saw trees, men as trees. God, please don't let them see clearly this film. This layer. And and this is the time for me when it's really amazing. Because I've seen him go down in that water. And come up out of that water. And then they say, I feel so clean. Again, without them hearing somebody else having already said it. And so when you are baptized into Christ, you take off those old garments, those old shameful garments of your past, and you put on Christ. You put on a robe of righteousness. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things have become Does that mean that when you're born again, you instantly become this perfect person? Absolutely not. Does that mean you have no more struggles anymore? No. Why does Paul say if you're in Christ, you're a new creature, old things are passed away? He says that partly because that's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. That's how powerful the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. But what he's also saying is the power of God is such that if you will allow it to do its work, God calls the end from the beginning. He, 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 he doesn't just... Anybody fill out March Madness brackets? Some of you. Nobody? A couple of you. Yeah. Boy, if you knew every outcome of every game pre-bracket, you could make millions of dollars. But you just, you're basically guessing. At best, you're making an educated guess. But God looks at the end and knows with such certainty what he has the power and the ability to do, that he calls the end from the beginning. Paul says he calls those things that are not as though they already were. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down with this. Some of you, I believe there's somebody here today, maybe one single person, but I believe there's somebody here today that God would like for you, for the first time ever, to take off your grave clothes.
and put on a new robe. But I'm also going to tell you this. There's some of you here today. that You know what it's like to already have walked out of your grave clothes. You've already left some things behind. But unfortunately, life, circumstances, things you've dealt with, things you've gone through, you've taken off that new robe. And you've actually gone back to the, to the grave. And you've put some old clothes back on. Can I tell you today that whether it's for the first time ever or if it's a repeat, the same way you walked out of the grave clothes the first time and put on a new robe is the same way you can do it this time. There's a story that we refer to as the story of the prodigal son. The father had two sons. Thank you. The younger of the sons comes to the father and says, I, I want all that is my inheritance now. <laughs> Everything that I'm supposed to get when you die, I want it now. What would you do if your child came to you? And... <laughs> For some reason... The father willingly agreed to give him his portion of the inheritance that belonged to him. The Bible says he took it. And in a very short amount of time, he wasted it. He blew it all. And things got so bad for him, the Bible says he was, he was working in a pig pen, feeding pigs, trying to get a little bit of money to survive. And he was so desperate that he was about to just eat what he was feeding the pigs, but all of a sudden he came to himself and decided, you know what, even, even the servants in my father's house have it better than what I have it here. So he decides to go back home and he makes up this speech that he's going to give his father when he comes back home because he knows he's really blown it. And he's going to tell his father, I, I know I'm not worthy to be your son anymore, just simply let me be a servant, uh, uh, that, that's good enough. But the Bible says as he was making his way back home, the father sees him coming from afar off and, and he runs out to meet him, not so that he can yell and scream and tell him to get lost, but he runs out to meet him and he hugs him, he greets him, he welcomes him back into the house. And before the son could ever even give his speech to the father about just let me be a servant, the father begins to issue a bunch of commands to the servants and to those in his household and tells them to go get the fatted calf and we're going to have a celebration because my son that's been gone is, is now home. And one of the first things that he did, one of the first things he did when the son came home was he gave him a new robe. Because in essence, he was wearing some grave clothes. He was wearing the stench, the smell of his past. 
He was wearing a reminder of his mistakes. And the father says, give him a new garment. Give him a new robe. That's what's available to you and I today. A brand new identity. A new future. I, there, there's I, one, one more story, I think. The Bible tells us about the book of Ruth, about a lady by the name of Naomi. Where they lived, famine had come and So Naomi and her husband and her two sons decide to leave Bethlehem and they go to a place called Moab. When they get to a place called Moab, her sons marry women there. and They have a life for a while, but then her husband dies and then her two sons die. And so she says to her daughters-in-law, she's going to go back to Bethlehem but she releases them from any obligation to go with her because they are, they're not from where she's from. And so as she goes back home and returns, those that knew her welcome her, and they call her by her name, Naomi. But she responds and she says, don't, don't call me Naomi anymore, call me Mara. And the word, the name Mara means bitterness. She said, because God hath dealt with me bitterly. And in essence, what Naomi was saying was, my life used to be good. I had a husband, I had sons, I had a family. But I've lost all of that. Don't call me that anymore. But what Naomi didn't know in that moment, was actually the way God had designed her life. Is that it wasn't the beginning part of her life that was the best part. It was actually going to be the latter part of her life that was going to be the best part of her life. I tell somebody here today, you look back at your past You've got some fond memories of some things in your past and the way some things used to be, but life has dealt you some blows and heartache and pain and and you've gone through some very difficult things and so, kind of like Naomi, you've made up your mind. My future is nothing to look forward to. All I can do now is live off the memories of yesterday. I'm here to tell you today God has a future for you and here is God's pattern God's pattern is He saves the best for last so whatever you've been through whatever you've dealt with in life there is a future There is a hope in Jesus Christ. I want you to stand if you would, please. Be very honest, very transparent with you. Sort of easy on a day like today. 
just to do what we've done and preach a message and let's just go on about our business and have a good time together with family and friends and whatever our plans are for the day. But I think I would be failing at doing my job if that's all we did. Because the goal today is not to just sing some cool songs that have a great theme to them and good words and encouraging lyrics. All of that is just to build faith so that you can experience what it is that's been sung about today. So I'm going to ask you in just a moment if you would nothing else, if you'll do this in just a moment out of respect for those around you, I'm going to ask you to, to just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're standing. But then I'm also going to invite those here today, whether you're a guest or you come here all the time, but you got some grave clothes you're wearing that you would like to be freed from. You've got some grave clothes that have identified you with a life of failure and mistakes and shame. But you'd like to take off those grave clothes today and put on a robe of righteousness. Take off your guilt and shame and put on His innocence and leave here different than you came. And so in... When I ask you in just a moment to bow your head and close your eyes, if that's you today, if you want that today, I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat and walk down to the front of this sanctuary as the, as the indicator that that's what you want today. And so if you're a guest, I, we are so thrilled to have you. And of course, you want to make this your church home. We would absolutely welcome you and love that. But I want you to understand what we're about to do, what I'm about to invite you to do is it's not, a, it's not synonymous with your joining this church. Because whether you ever come back here again or not, whether we ever see you here again or not, I would still love for you today to leave without your grave clothes, but with the robe of righteousness that He has for you. So would you please just close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. And if for no other reason, do this just to maybe make it a little easier for somebody that might want to to respond and not necessarily feel like everybody's watching. So if it would be your first time today, or if it would be you've taken grave clothes off in the past, but maybe you put them back on and you want to take them off again and once again put on His robe of righteousness that He has for you. I invite you just to come stand down at the front and if you don't really know what to say or how to say it, somebody will join with you and pray with you and give you some guidance. On, there's no magical formula. There's no special thing you've got to say or special way you've got to say it. It's just a matter of just telling him all he wants is your honesty. 
you don't have anything else to say, but just simply say, God, I'm tired of these grave clothes. I'm tired of living my life in these grave clothes. I'm tired of living my life identified by my mistakes and failures and disappointments of my past. I want to put on a new robe. I want a new identity. I want hope for my future. I want hope that my future is not just going to be a repeat of my past. I want hope that you've got some good things for my future, that it's not just more of the same, more heartache, more pain, more disappointment, more letdowns, more mistakes, more failures. I I want hope that comes from your resurrection power. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person that's in this place today. and I know on a day like today, some of us just come out of courtesy and kindness to others. Lord, I believe there's not one of us here today that's here by accident. There's not one of us here today by chance, but you, according to your word, you order our steps. So I believe that every person in this place today is here by divine appointment, God, because your desire is that every individual can take off their grave clothes and put on new garments in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit today by the power of your spirit today hallelujah Based on your worthiness. That's why it's a free gift. That's why his love is a free gift. That's why salvation is given freely. None of us can ever deserve it. None of us can ever do enough to earn it. Oh, yes. I'm so amazed. I don't understand it, God. There's no explanation for it. I'm amazed. I'm so amazed. I know I don't deserve it. I know I've never been worthy of it. I'm amazed. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I'm amazed, Lord, you're so good. You won't leave us I'm amazed, you're so good. Us. You won't leave 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 us. You won't le
We're, we're going to continue singing and worshiping. There are those that are still praying, but for those of you that may need to go or want to go, please feel free to do so. Again, we are so thankful to have all of you that have come today and also remind you, just take a moment and stop by downstairs if you want to get a, a picture together with family or friends before you go. We welcome you to do that as well. Hallelujah.